The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Franklin Weefall. And a rare Thursday edition of the show. You all right? Just like, you know, daylight savings time is coming up. And when that happens, we have a real health problem because we're out of sorts. And Thursday night (laughs) with Weefy, I'm out of sorts, man. Thursday with Weefy. Yeah, that's a bad time. That's a bad time. Anyway, it's really nice to be here. It's only, what, our third evening show? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and, and pe- if you're wondering out there who I am, because you probably don't normally listen to us on Thursday night. That's okay. I'm Franklin Weefald, MD, and our show is all about learning things of the heart, but also we talk about everything in medicine because it all affects the heart, and we're here to have fun and to inform you, but yeah. also, you know, to help you wade through all of the crazy stuff you read about health on um, Facebook and on the internet mm-hmm. so that you can understand what you can believe and what you should just toss by the wayside. We've got so some stories that I even I spotted yeah. as baloney. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, baloney, and that's the thing about baloney. <laughs> if, it's actually not that bad for you. Oh, it's if, not. You don't have high blood pressure. I mean, the whole thing about, you know, natural, we we believe that there are a lot of things natural that are good for your health. But just because it's natural doesn't mean it's good. And just because it's chemical right. doesn't mean it's bad. Okay. So we believe in what works, natural or unnatural. Let's, uh, let's talk about the one subject we literally did not speak about it's unbelievable last week it's the name which we do not speak and I, I and i got home after 2 hours and i said why am i so happy today yeah. it's cuz we didn't talk about covid at all yeah now that's not to say that you know we are dismissing covid we're not you know anti-vaxxers we're pro-vaxxers we're not covid deniers we're you know we spent 2 years and it's been that long. Sure. Yes. Almost two years talking about the pandemic and what it means and how it's really sort of destroyed our country. But we're building back better. <laughs> I hate to use that term. <laughs> but we're building back better in terms of recovering from COVID. But we didn't. We had so much to talk about. We didn't talk about COVID at all. On Isn't the other weird? hand, Isn't on the other weird? hand, tonight, yeah, it is weird. On the other hand, tonight, we just found out today yeah. that the OSHA rules are have been written. Yeah. And by January 4th, roughly two months from now. And why did they pick the 4th and not the 1st? Because today is the 4th, and they're waiting two months. Oh, okay. That's my Th- sister's birthday. Is it? Yeah, Susan Weefald, born January 4th, 1956. The... Uh, the, the word on the street is that as many companies 
as can are laying off employee number 99 and number 98, wow. 97. What's they, the rule? 100? Up to 100 employees, right. Yeah. And it, and if you've got a company that's got 102 employees, you have just laid off two of them. So they're going to try uh, and get around. People are trying to get yeah. around it because this is these rules are terrible. Well, you know what I've been trying to look up is that they talked about the healthcare workers, right, and healthcare organizations, yeah, that receive Medicare and or Medicaid money. Yes, are going to have to have one hundred percent. That's right. Vaccinations. Now, I don't know if that includes my group. Um, we're a group of one doctor and twelve employees. And I receive a ton of Medicare and Medicaid money. Oh, my. Not a ton, people, um, but, you know, a large part of my practice. You don't want to give it up. Well, I don't know if it applies to me because they said some organization. So I tried to Google, you know, I said, does a doctor's office Mm -hmm. that receives Medicare and Medicaid have to comply with these rules? Because I can tell you right now, I've got two or three people who are going to refuse to be vaccinated. And they're going to be tested every week. Well, and no. The healthcare oh, organizations the healthcare is not, yeah, that's are different. not allowed to use that that's uh, right. out. You have to have the vaccine. The other thing I don't know is if you've had COVID, yeah. are you going to be required to get the vaccine? Now, I think so. But this is really going to be a huge change. Um, my practice has had two people, two individuals, get COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, we discovered it, Lord have mercy, in the office when we tested them. Wow. And so, you know, we closed down for a whole day and scrubbed everything, and nobody else has tested positive. But, you know, am I going to tell them? And this was just a month ago that they have to get vaccinated or they're fired because they've had it. And I believe in natural immunity. Now, do I also believe that getting the vaccine when you've had natural immunity from a previous COVID infection renders you that much more uh, resistant to getting it again? Yes, I do. Yeah. But is it enough to fire you for that 3 or 4% boost in your ability to fight it off a second time? I don't know. You know? And I don't I'm, believe the federal government and what they say because I'm not so sure where these mandates are coming from. Remember, I wish we had this. We always like to go back in time and, mm-hmm. and freeze somebody's words and play them back again. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but you know, President Biden got up there and said, I will not mandate vaccination. Right, right. He, he said did. it was not it was not the federal government's business. Yeah. It wasn't their role. Guess what? And now guess what? It is now. Yeah. Read my lips. No new vaccinations. Yeah. I'm, you don't know what that's from, do you? Yes, I do. What's that from? That is from George Bush the Elder saying, H-W. read my lips. Read my lips. No new taxes. Yeah, read my lips. No vaccine mandates. Yeah. And so, I, you know, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Are you going to be required if you had one type of vaccine to get the other? If you had J&J, are you going to be required to get, you know, Moderna? It may sound far-fetched, but guess what? Recent studies have shown that if you mix and match, you get a higher level of immunity. So are they going to all of a sudden say, hey, you got Moderna, but now you got to go get J&J? Yes. see, the other, well, there's two other things. Number one, they may at some point add other demands to this. That's what I'm saying. One of the demands might be for the booster. 
The other demand might be for children. Now, the way it's been shoehorned in, it has to do with employees, but it's not out of the question for... Well, they've now approved it from 5 to 12, right? Pfizer is approved from ages 5 to 11. Okay. So just shy of 12. They've already approved it for 12 to 18, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I shouldn't know know the answer to that. But, okay, the argument for that can be you can't go to school unless you have measles vaccination. Yes. You can't go to school unless – has chicken pox been brought into that? Because I know that's a chicken pox vaccine. I don't know. And so the argument could be, well, they require these other vaccines. Why not require COVID? I don't have a good answer to that question. Okay, I don't. Um, And I would vaccinate my child. I don't have a child in that age group. Right. Okay, I don't even have a grandchild in that age group yet. Yeah. But if I had a seven-year-old, I would have him or her vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I would because I think the vaccines are safe and effective. That doesn't mean that I'm for mandates. Um, I don't know what to say. I think that it's safe and effective. But when you look at the risk-benefit analysis, right? Okay, the risk-benefit analysis for measles vaccination, for the DPT, the tetanus toxoid, far, mm-hmm. and polio, far favors vaccination. Right. But you're talking in a, a young person's um, risk group. Right. It's zero point, excuse me, zero point zero five um, out of a million chance of getting really sick from COVID. Right. That's really low. I mean, you think about it. Zero point zero five out of a million is a basically one in fifty million chance. So, I'd like to see the data on the side effects of the COVID vac- the current COVID vaccines that we have in the age five to 11 group to mm-hmm. see if it's really worth it. Now, the other argument is that kids can pass it to adults, but they're yeah. going to require all of the teachers and all of the workers in schools to right. be vaccinated. Right. So um, right now, I cannot give you my opinion about the vaccination mandate, possible vaccination mandate for five to 11 year olds in school. But I'm going to tell you right now, I would give it to my kid. Right. I would. Um, I believe in all vaccines. And you want to know why I also believe in vaccines? Why is that? They jazz up your immune system. It's like the old Weefy adage. Oh, in case you haven't heard, yep. my nickname is Weefy for Weefault. The old Weefy adage, let your kids play in the dirt. Yeah. So what does that do? It exposes them to the common germs, bacteria, viruses. Um, there is a polio-like virus that kids in the farms who were exposed to the dirt, got and and became immune to, they didn't get polio in right. the 50s. Right. So play in the dirt. And I also believe in getting as many vaccines as you can. Um, you run the risk of a rare vaccine side effect. But when you think about it, you get exposed to a vaccine compound. It jazzes up your immune system and it makes you healthier. One illness makes you healthier against another. One exposure makes your T killer cells that much more of killers. So I got every, you name a vaccine and I've gotten it. Okay. Uh, Name one. Malaria. 
Oh, it's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. Come All right, on. Well, I'm, I'm not just, that smart. I'm just guessing okay, diseases. So, for example, yeah. um, Gardasil. They okay. won't let me have it. That's against human papillomavirus. And Gardasil yeah. prevents, when young women are now getting it, um, it prevents cervical cancer from certain types of human papillomavirus that mm-hmm. are sexually transmitted. They're not giving it to boys. Yeah. I don't know why not. Uh, they should give it to boys, too. Okay. So anyway, I'm pro-vaccine. Well, you could identify as a girl oh, just for I a little guess. bit. Wear a skirt and go in the women's room. But anyway, the bottom line is um, <laughs> I am pro-vaccine, but I am not one of those pro-vaxxers. You know what I'm talking about? Professional. Yeah, who claim that if you don't get the vaccine, oh, you are okay. killing people. No, I don't believe that. I think yeah. getting a vaccine is a personal choice. Right. I would like to convince you to get one. But if you don't want to get one, I still love you. Yeah. You know, because that's not who we are. We're not here to beat you over the head and, and get it because there are rational reasons for people to be afraid of vaccines. I would tell you that the rational response is, is that the risk benefits analysis is in favor of getting vaccinated. But with all the misinformation that we've had yeah. and all the scary stuff, um, I understand why people would be afraid. I've got a scary story in my right hand. Uh-oh. What about the one in your left hand? That's the one in my scary? left hand. No, it's not. It, that's a good story. <laughs> I, I've got, number one, a newly approved weight loss drug selling so fast, Novo Nordisk can't keep up production. Yeah. There's another one, the new Delta Plus variant. Did you read the yeah. story? Yeah. Uh-huh. The Delta Plus variant. I'm going to tell you the two things coming up, the two things you need to know about Delta Plus. And then after I tell them to you, you won't worry about it at all. Radio. And, and from, remember Mu was going to get us, the MU? Yeah. It's dead. It's dead. It's, it's dead. And this is from the it's got to be around here somewhere department. Nearly half of men have no idea where their prostate is. And that's scary. Where? It's got to be. Maybe it's in that one drawer I don't know. It's uh, in yeah. the pen drawer. Yeah. All right. That's coming up on the show. Also, your phone calls, 919-860-9783. This is, make, this is Heart Health Radio. These people should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, they tell should me be. who you want me to shame. Uh, Dr. Oz. Well, you know... I think that people need to know something about Dr. Oz. Yeah. He's one of the greatest heart surgeons in the country. Is There's he? There's no doubt in my mind. I didn't know that. The guy was really well trained. Um, he was in New York City, and forgive me, I can't remember. It's with either Columbia or NYU. Mm-hmm. And then he's a very personable kind of guy. Yeah, you, know? he's you can tell. good at what he does. Sure. But he's also, you know, Oprah's friend. And so Oprah got him on the show a couple times. He was very voluble and nice. And yeah. everybody liked him and he got his own show. The problem is, okay, the advertisers and the people who support him. I mean, he makes $30 million a year on that show. Mm. Garcinia Cambogia. You know what that is? No. That's this diet supplement that he pushed. Totally worthless. Um, and it's become a show for board housewives to talk about losing weight and detoxifying, you know. I mean, have you ever be, been detoxified? No. I have three times. Really? Yeah, Did you it know hurt? what a detox is? I don't know. It's flushing out your colon. 
And why have I been detoxed three times? I have no idea. I had to have a colonoscopy. Oh, I, I assumed it was a more interesting story than no, that. No, I no. I thought he was thought he'd going uh, to a clinic or something. Well, you know, I don't know. I take Miralax every day. I, I evacuate the, twice a day, and I'm healthy and thank happy. Thank you for sharing. But twice? anyway, the point I'm trying to make twice. is that here's this great surgeon who believes in you know, the miracles of modern American medicine and yes. surgery. Yes. Who is pushing this just total, I hate to say it, crap. And what he has now is his two-day holiday detox. And it's Dr. Oz's detox. Now, I hope to God he's not selling it. But you know what's in it? No. Melon juice, coconut water, yeah. oatmeal, yeah. lentil soup, cabbage salad, and something called chocolate tea. I don't even know what chocolate tea is. But what it does is make you go and go and go yeah. until there's nothing left in your colon. Now, you're supposed to do that around the holidays, and he claims that it promotes health and keeps you from getting hungover and is is making you much more likely to win the uh, lottery. No, I, I lied about that last part. But this is just not something that is really... Um, helpful to your listeners. I okay. mean, come on. Okay, let me let me ask you. Yeah. Do I have, I just in general, not just me, but everybody, do we have like pounds and pounds of undigested whatever yeah. hanging on the inside of our intestines? Yeah. Okay, is and it? And that's normal. Is it a bad thing? Uh, let me it's ask not you a question, okay? Any of you, are any of you hunters out there? Yeah, there okay. are some, Have sure. you ever cleaned a... Bambi, a shot Bambi. I've seen it done. Okay. What's in the colon? What's in their uh, intestines? Poop. About 10 pounds of retained stuff. Okay. Now, what they don't tell you is, is that's 10 pounds of G-I-T, goop in transit. Okay. What does that mean? (laughs) It means it just hasn't come out yet. Okay. (laughs) It's not, I mean, when you die, you're going to have 10 pounds in there, okay? Okay. But that 10 pounds, uh, is, if you hadn't died, would be gone in a week. It, sure. It's a conveyor belt, okay? What goes – now, some people are convinced that they eat something uh, for supper, yeah. and then they see it in the can or the turlet, as Archie Bunker used to say, the next morning. No, you don't. No? No. Now, if you do, that means there's something wrong with you. Really? Yeah. It takes, a, it takes a while to get through. Now, what do I recommend? I do recommend that you have a daily poop. Okay? Yeah. It's healthy. There are toxins in your poop, and you want to rid them on a daily basis. But this whole idea of you holding on to stuff and not worrying about it, and then come Thanksgiving, you take Dr. Oz's oatmeal and chocolate tea goop, and then you just get rid of everything, it doesn't make sense. You want to clean things out every day. Now, suppose, you know, the urine, okay, the kidneys. Sure. They clear out toxins and put them in urine. Sure. So the whole concept is you don't urinate for two weeks. And then you open the spigot and it goes out at one time. That doesn't make sense. Okay? No, if no. you're constipated, you should correct that problem. And okay. I don't mean with correct tall. You don't want to take laxative. You want to have a healthy diet so that you have bulk and you poop every day. It makes you happy. 
Why? Because you're getting rid of toxins. But you don't want to just rely on a Dr. Oz flush um, to clear out the 10 pounds hanging in your gut Okay. at one time. All right. Now, I, there's another similar issue, and it doesn't have to do with, um, the di- well, it does the digestive system. Yeah. Is my body accumulating poisons at all? That I should then take something to detoxify No, I don't think myself. so. What I'm saying is detox yourself every day. The whole concept is... By going to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, I'm going to just be honest now. Yeah. Um, yeah David, go ahead. Ask. Uh, let's pretend we're in the office, David. Yeah. Do you have a bowel movement every day? Yes, at least. At least. I have two. 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 And Regularly. I feel great. And if I don't... Two. Two. Well, I take Miralax every day. Okay. And the reason why is got to keep things moving, keep those doggies moving, you know. <laughs> and and okay. I think it's good. All right, but don't don't hold it in and then explode via Doctor Oz. Right. And somebody out there knows chocolate tea. I want to know what chocolate tea is. We do. Call us up if you've got a medical question, whether it has to do with number two, number, or number one, one, or any of the the various things your body does. Call us up at 919-860-9783, a rare Thursday night program on making <laughs> I making your again. heart healthy. Making <laughs> your heart healthy on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefall? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. I want to try to remember that today, that this is Heart Health Radio. We are on uh, to help you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. And have fun. And from the Heart Health Radio Network news desk, this from Fox 8 WGHP. What would that stand for? I don't know. I don't know. But here's the headline on the new Delta Plus variant, which has been found in labs in North Carolina and seven other states. This sounds dangerous. Headline, a new form of COVID Delta variant that could possibly spread faster has been spotted in North Carolina, according to CBS News. They're calling it Delta Plus. Guess what? What? Um, Delta Plus does not cause more severe illness, and current vaccines are totally effective against it, according to health officials. So the whole point is. The whole point is... But, you know, it's true. There may be another mutant out there lurking. I don't know. But the mu, uh, M-U, it's some Greek letter. I don't know. I never took Greek. Did you? No. Yeah. But anyway, the mu mutant was supposed to rage through America, too. Came from Brazil. Right. And it died out. So mutants can be stronger. They can be weaker. And most of the time... And, and I was wrong about this. Um, in the beginning, we all thought COVID. You know, remember um, flatten the curve? Yeah. All we had to do <laughs> yes. Yes, was do. hold out, you know, wear our mask, wash our hands, flatten the curve, and yeah. COVID would eventually mutate to nothing. I believe that because that's what most pandemics did. This one didn't. Yeah. God, if I could just, I'm going to list one day all the things that people were wrong about COVID and mm-hmm. put me on there. Right on the list. I mean, I predicted 10,000 cases. Not deaths. 10,000 cases. Yeah. 
for some reason, I believe that we were going to beat this in the beginning, and we didn't. But also, um, the things that they predicted that would be more dire, um, you know, and that if you took hydroxychloroquine, you were going to drop dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are so many things, and it's just been, you know, I think we'll look back on this when you and I are finally old and in the rocking chairs. We'll One day. And we One were day. there. We yeah. lived through that era. Yeah. And, you know, 20 years from now, they're going to have a special. The COVID yeah, yeah, yeah. pandemic, you know. And yep. it, it, it was an amazing period of this history of the United States. And we lived through it. And I believe we have lived through it. Okay. If you look, the cases in North Carolina are way down. Hospitalizations are dropping. Deaths are falling down. Let's hope and pray that this is going to be a respite and that it's not going to come back. All right. What, what else do you have over there? Well, you know, there's a great article that I saw, and this is a typical thing. It says, I'm a doctor, and these are five foods that I never eat <laughs> and five foods that I eat a lot. And so I looked at this article, and, you know, the, the last thing you want to believe mm-hmm. is when an article says, I'm a blank, and this is what you should do. Yeah. So what? You know, I'm a doctor. I do terrible things. I had a big math. Deal. Oh, there was a great article. My kids loved it. A blue whale eats yeah. the equivalent of 50,000 Big Macs a day. And I said, that's why I like whales. You know, I, there's nothing better than a Big Mac when you want one. But here's the situation, okay? Have you ever had Nutella? This is one of the foods I this have. doctor never eats. I, I have. What is it? it it's is, like a peanut butter thing? Yeah, it's, okay. it has the... The spreadability of peanut butter, it's from a different nut. Right. And apparently, is it Nutella or Nutella? I don't know. I don't know. But it's got 21 grams of sugar in a two-tablespoon serving. Yes. 200 calories, palm oil, but people like it. Okay. So, what's the bottom line? Eat some Nutella if you want to, but don't eat it every day. Don't eat 10 pounds of it. Right. I mean, you know... Anything in moderation. And this is what I tell my patients. I have this thing called the no-no diet, which is no flour, white flour, no sugar products, no inside of white potato products like french fries, and no white rice. Now, does that mean never? It's not the never-never diet. It's the when you think about it more than once a week, say no. Okay. Oh, here's the next thing. You ever heard of foie gras? No, yeah. Okay. So what they do is they torture ducks by <laughs> force-feeding them. Yes. It it makes their livers fatty. This is one yes. of the bad things about Americans. We have fatty liver from this reason. God, I love it. Now, do I eat frog raw? Yeah, about once a year, yeah. maybe twice a year. It's incredibly expensive. Yeah. Um, but it's really tasty. Is yeah, it? It's an acquired taste. It's a, like a paste? Yeah. No, uh, um, uh, pate is the paste. Okay. okay that's what's, the duck liver. What's foie, foie gras? Foie is, it, it, it's kind of a... Thicker than Jello and yeah. kind of meaty, yeah. But it's that kind of consistency. Oh man, is it good? I'm thinking spam for rich guys. Spam for rich guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Processed meats. They he puts hot dogs on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. How un-American can this guy be to say you can't eat a hot dog? I mean, come on, go to the Yankees games and <laughs> have a hot dog. Get some Cracker Jack. Now, should you eat? Five hot dogs a day. No. No. But should you look at a hot dog and say, you're evil, and I'm going to banish you from my life? No. <laughs> if you want to have a hot dog a couple times a month, have a hot dog. And a you're a cardiologist. Months. You yeah. literally have operated on people's 
hurt. I just had a hot dog the other day, and I loved it. And you know, one of the things I'm trying to tell you is that when you worry about what you eat, you're Mm -hmm. negating the effects of good health. Okay. Because anxiety and worry um, are bad for you. They increase your stress hormones of cortisol, and they increase your adrenaline, constrict your arteries, make you clot more. Just stop worrying about it and have your hot dog. Okay. Fun cereals. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Now, this is very interesting because what makes you healthy? Fun. Laughter. Huh? Okay. You remember Cocoa Quisp? Cocoa Puffs? Yes, yes. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. All right. Quisp. Nobody's ever heard of that. But it was Cap'n Crunch yeah. made into a shape of a flying saucer. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I'm choking on my Quisp. And um, it was a outer space creature that uh-huh. had the cereal. Good stuff. Yeah. Eat it once a month or maybe once every two months. Okay. That's the whole point. Now, here's the foods he eats. David Perlmutter was his name. He's a neurologist, not even a cardiologist. Agave. I don't know what agave is. It's some kind of fruit, I yeah. guess. Okay, I think fine. It's, I think it's agave. Agave. Yeah. agave. Yeah, agave. Oh, well. Now, blueberries. <laughs> I love blueberries. He eats blueberries. All right? Yeah. But I want to warn you, okay, if you ever grew up and had fun as a kid, yeah. you saw the movie Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. And what was who was that girl? We've already talked about her. What was Violet Beauregard. Violet Beauregard, right? Yeah. She ate too many blueberries and turned into a blueberry. So, yeah, eat your blueberries. They are good for you and they're tasty. Yeah. All right. Avocados. Now, I am a huge fan of avocados. You know how you eat avocados? Oh, what I love is pulling out that huge pit. Oh, no I mean, sure. That yeah, is just yeah. awesome. That is fun but, stuff. Uh, ranch dressing and avocados. I just love it. I love it. It's tasty. You got to try it. It's tasty. Now, it's interesting. Ranch dressing is good for you. It gets a bad name, but there's no carbs in it. There's no simple carbs in it. You know what's bad for you? Hmm. It's light ranch dressing hmm. because it's full of carbs full of sugar yeah well sugar and flour i mean how you if you get rid of the fat you got to thicken it up somehow <laughs> so if if you're going to love ranch like i do yeah and you're going to love avocados like i do don't use avocados and light ranch okay it negates the goodness avocados. now hummus you know hummus. what hummus is oh yeah 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 it's uh bean pasty stuff yes good yeah yeah so hummus i like it uh, don't eat hummus every day. Now, sweet potatoes. It's interesting because when I tell my patients to avoid potatoes, I've got to be very careful. Because it's the inside of a white potato. Now, if you want to have potato with the skin, yeah, that's like having whole grain wheat or whole grain rice. Why? Because the fiber in the covering of the whole grain rice and the whole potato actually negates the badness in the simple carb of the inside of the rice or the inside of the potato because that fiber stimulates your gut to not necessarily absorb all that simple carb. Yeah. But I got to tell them, interestingly, sweet potatoes, you would think the negative. Right. That you should eat the potato but not the sweet potato because the sweet is bad. Well, there's something in the sweet potato that makes it sweet that's not sugar that's good for you. And I can't tell you what it is right now. And I can but eat it. But it's got a lot of beta carotene, which is good for you. And so I eat can eat potatoes. this. I can eat this even though I'm diabetic. Yes. Okay. Now, red onions. I do not know why red onions are better 
than white onions, but there's something in it called can I can I even pronounce this? I tried. I quercetin, quercetin that fights inflammation. I believe you, but I I'm going to switch to red onions now. Can you tell the difference between a red onion and a white onion when you have it in your food? I don't eat so much of anything. I think that's onions hot are great. Onions that are I great. would that I would. All right, tell. now here is the food that he really thinks is awesome: is salmon. Yeah. Salmon. I like salmon. Yeah. I cook salmon. I love salmon. But is it the only good thing for you? Hell no. Excuse me. Heck no. Salmon is good. You should eat salmon. Now, here's the thing that I really love. Brussels sprouts. Okay? I love them. You ste- I like steaming my vegetables. Now, some people like like stir-frying Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I cover them in butter. Yes. And yes. love them. So we had five foods that he hates and a, a few foods that he loves. And I'm going to tell you, eat them all. Eat them all. Eat them all. But, you know, your hot dogs and, and you know, um, the uh, Nutella, whatever. You don't want to eat anything every day. You don't want to eat anything in excess. But the joy and the happiness uh-huh. of the hot dog yeah. is going to negate any bad effect of the nitrates and whatever they think is bad in there. Yeah. Because life needs to be fun. There okay. ain't nothing more fun than a hot dog. All right. It's a story that has nothing to do with what you were just talking about, but we've approached every other topic that we could I could ever get queasy about. Nearly half of men in a UK study, a, a British study, they have no idea where their prostate is. And it's really scary. It's really scary. It's like it's like people who think that Abraham Lincoln was a, a general in World War II. Right. You know? But the prostate is really important for men because, number one, it supports your sexual function. It, it is the supplier of the uh, fluid okay. that allows you to um, uh, make babies and enjoy your um, activities. But it can enlarge and swell and cut off the flow of urine. That's called benign prostatic hypertrophy. Yeah. Now, your prostate is a walnut-sized object that surrounds your urethra. So between the bladder and the end of your um, penis, uh, about eh, just a little bit away from your bladder toward that direction, is this walnut-sized juicy organ that is really good for your health. But people don't know where it is. Now... Prostate cancer is really important in two ways. Number one, if you get it at age 70, you're going to die from something else. So Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. you have, there are some very aggressive prostate cancers. So the most important thing is if you get prostate cancer, go to your doctor and they'll do a biopsy and they'll tell you if you have the aggressive form. Prostate cancer can metastasize to your bones. It's extremely painful, Mm. but you should know where your prostate is. Now, there's no prostate self-exam unless you're really weird, okay? Yeah. Because the way you examine your prostate is through number two, okay? You got to go through the anus and a prostate exam. I don't recommend that you do self-exams on your prostate. I strongly recommend you don't. You'd have to have a really long arm. We used to do it all. No, no, it's a finger. All right. We used to be taught that we had models in med school. Yeah. We had to do a rectal exam on every patient. Now, we don't do that anymore because colonoscopies and stuff like that can tell whether you have, you know, a, a problem. 
Um, but we used to be able to to tell if there was a nodule in your prostate. In fact, mm-hmm. there were there would be six um, models. Yes. You know, and we'd have to close our eyes and put our finger in there, and then we'd have to write down what we felt. Yes. And was it in the right upper quadrant, left upper quadrant? How large was the nodule? How small was it? Was it firm? Whatever. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Maybe we should, um, but uh, you need to know where your prostate is. It, it's between the bladder and the urethra. It's it's very, very close um, to the, pro- the bladder. You can feel it with the finger um, that is inserted into your anus, and it is something to know about, to know about where it is and the health benefits and the possible diseases of the prostate. And men need to know this. I don't know if women need to know, too. Well, here was the thing. The story goes on to say that more women knew about the prostate really? than men. Oh, yeah, it said, um, let's see here, Third, the 34% of the men who'd received a prostate cancer diagnosis admitted it was their partner who raised alarm. Wow. Uh, nearly, I don't want to know what they were doing. Okay. I don't know. Nearly. I don't ha- want to know. No, I don't want to. Nearly half of the men had no idea what to look out for as warning signs. And let's see here. Yeah. Um, quarter of a women, quarter of a women over under 40 who checked themselves for breast cancer. Oh, that. Yeah. It's but, easy to do. It's but, right there. It's on the surface. But to check yourself for prostate cancer. You it's gotta go where the sun don't shine. It's not done. It's I wouldn't do it. All right. Well, I'm glad we I got that how, conversation. How out the of heck it. could you do it anyway? I I don't know. I don't know either. All okay. Right. There's something about this weight loss drug is selling so fast. Yes, it's a great is drug. Is this legitimate? Legitimate. What okay. is it? Wagovi. Now it's the same thing that you take, right? Yeah. Trulicity, right? I take uh, yeah, uh, Zempic. Tr- Zozempic. Zozempic. Right. It's the same drug. Okay. Exactly the same. Okay, and what does it do? Um, to make a long story short and to simplify things, it corrects insulin resistance. It allows the insulin that you have mm-hmm. to work more efficiently. It helps you lose weight. So the people who were on Ozempic for diabetes, and let me tell you, I think every type two diabetic should be considered for this type of medication. There's not just Ozempic. There's uh, Bidurion, made mm-hmm. by one company. Ozempic, made by Novo Nordisk. Um, as a, Nova Nordis now makes a pill form, and these are called GLP-1s, and that pill form uh, works. Um, they manufacture it in Clayton. Yeah. And then there's Trulicity, which is made by, I think, Lilly. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a big American company. They all work. They all lower blood sugar, and they all help the diabetics who are type 2 lose weight. Right. But guess what? What? The craziest thing. If you take it and you're not diabetic, it doesn't lower your blood sugar. That's a good it thing. It just lowers your weight. That's a good thing. So Nova Nordis got on the bandwagon. They made, um, okay, I wish I could remember the name of this medicine. It was $1,000 a month. Victoza is the same medicine, but it only lasts a day. Ozempic lasts a week. So you take it once a week. Right. Trulicity lasts a week. You take it once a week. But Victoza worked the same way. It's the same type of medicine, but you had to take it every day. So they made a weight loss form of that. Didn't sell. $1,000 a month. Really? So they made a weight loss drug 
by using Ozempic and renaming it yeah. to Wegovy. And guess what? The starter dose, yeah. same dose as Ozempic. It's still expensive, though. Well, no, wait a minute. No? You can get Ozempic, free sample for six weeks. Yeah? And get going on it. Really? And then Ozempic you can get from your insurance company. All right. And it's, but Wegovy, uh-uh. it's the same medicine, $1,000 a month versus the same medicine, Ozempic, um, that's paid for by your insurance company. All right. For those of you playing at home, the companies you should have bought stock in are Novo Nordisk. Yeah. Because they make this. Well, and I think stuff it's a Danish company. It's it is yeah, but a it, Danish they company. Your local yes. Clayton people because it has a huge production facility. They don't call it a factory. Yeah. And they just build a five billion dollar production facility to produce the oral form of these medications. Very cool. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. We're moving forward into the new era of diabetic and weight management. Good. We um, we put off taking a break. Because I want to get these things in, but we're going to take a, just a break. And if you would mind calling us up, 919-860-9783. We're here till 9 o'clock. This is Heart Health. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down my And this hour, we are shouting out George in Apex who called up yes. and wants, wants some help. George, welcome to the radio program. You are on Heart Health Radio. As soon as I push the button. Hey, George, what's up? Uh, thank you for helping me or listening to me. Uh, so this is rather embarrassing, so I'll try to make it radio friendly. Uh, my groin area where the sack where the boys are. Yes. Uh, I don't know how much more. I can I I know what I could say, but well, I'm tell tell me the symptoms. So tell me. So now here's what's happening to me. I started getting itching, and then it's been like so. Uh, I get this dry, flaky skin, right? All right, on his scrotum. Oh, okay, yeah. So then, so here's what I've been doing. This has been like three weeks. It's really annoying, and it bothers me. Sure. So then I, I, I thought, okay, so I'll soak in the tub with Epsom salts, right? And all the uh, couldn't hurt. skin comes yeah. off and stuff. But then the, the, the skin underneath, it's, it's, it's red. Yeah, I think I know what's going on. So, so then, so now I quit doing that. So I use a wet washcloth to clean myself. Okay. And then I've been using like A and D ointment, like if I was a child with diaper rash. Yeah. Right. Does it itch? What's going on now? And what it really bothers me at night because you know. Sure. It, you know. So Hold on. Case, Hold on, so George. Should I go to the doctor? Yeah, but here, I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, does it itch? Yes. Okay. And um, how do I put this? Yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to ask a strange question. All right. I think I know what's going on. Okay. And I think you've got a fungal infection of your scrotum. Now, they don't know where the prostate is. The scrotum is the term. Uh, the, yeah, we know. The sack. No, we got which, it. This is yeah. where the boys are. Yeah, the boys are. Yeah. Now. Oh, Connie Francis. Yeah. I love that song. You never knew what it was about. Yeah, did go you? ahead. Anyway, so this is what you got to do. You got to go to a doctor because if it's that stage... 
then you probably need an antifungal antibiotic and an antifungal cream and a steroid cream. Yeah. Now, can I tell you, uh, I've had this problem yeah. many, not many times, three or four times. Okay. And why does it happen? It's because your boys don't get out in the air enough. Okay. They don't get it's, out around the block. It's down there in the humidity and the heat, and it's not uncommon, and it's called tinea cruris, C-R-U-Cruris, I-S. I had to look in my mind. Something there. like that. But go, right. go to the doc and get treated. All right. Thank you, George. I appreciate your phone call. we got another hour of this radio program coming up next on the Heart Health Radio Network. Live on TV. Right. For me, that's a, what's a big deal? You know, we we... We urinate, we defecate, we have prostates, yes. we have scrota, yes. you know, and they all need to be healthy. So call up. You can use whatever terminology you want. Yes. I've been a dad and a granddad so long, I've actually forgotten the correct biological terms oh, but for I things love, that I, I love the, uh, the, the terms that we all use. The <laughs> best one. Yeah. Okay. And it's not dirty. It's just No, no, no. Guy comes in and says, Doc, I got a problem with my sack. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, um, you, is it burlap? Uh, no. Or, you know, and finally, and I kept saying, what are you talking about? Well, he was a word for his scrotum. So whatever word you want. All right. You can use it on this on this show. Phil, thanks a lot for calling up. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Where are you calling from, Phil? Um, thank you, gentlemen. I, and I'm going to stay on the same theme, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. I called last week and got advice from the doctor uh, about which kind of doctor to see about suspected epididymitis. Yeah. Yes. I, I did see my urologist. And? And I have communicating hydrocella. Communicating hydrocele. Wow. Mm. Are they going to yes, fix sir. it, or what are they going to do? Well, it's not painful, and it's it's periodic, and he suggested I get screened for a hernia, and option number two is do nothing. Sounds good to me. So what what is that? It's a collection of fluid that's in the scrotum surrounding the testicle. It, and, it comes from the abdomen, right. abdomen down. Right. People don't realize, you know, that your testicle, the the cord, spermatic cord, it goes out yeah. and then through the uh, inguinal canal. So it goes out yeah. and then through the abdomen yeah. and then down into the um, area of the prostate. So that makes sense. Um, but, you know, we talked and I thought maybe... It was um, more located right above the testicle, but I guess it was surrounding the whole thing, huh? Yes. Yes, sir. Exactly. Right. So he and, said that it and, should and disappear, so, right? I, I'm sorry? He thought it would disappear? Uh, he said it's not cancer. Yeah. I should probably get screened for a hernia. Okay. And it's not painful, and it, and it comes and goes. He said... Doing nothing is an option if that's what I choose. So uh, I'll probably get screened for a hernia. Sure. Uh, get, you can get an ultrasound. Usually the screening yes. for a hernia, maybe it's because the hydrocele was there. But haven't you ever had that? They actually go in your testicle. 
I mean, your scrotum, put their finger up a little bit, and then they have you turn your head and cough. Yeah. But it might be that he, the hydrocele is blocking that. Yes. Yes, he did all that. Yeah. And I've, I've, I, I've been screened for a hernia several years ago, and it's, it's a little, um, uh, yeah, they, they give you three tasks to do with two hands. And, um, yeah. Um, well, you know, I had, I had three hernias at one time. Mm. Yeah, oh, wow. I had three, two inguinal hernias and an umbilical hernia. Now God knows where that happened because I'm not a weightlifter and I don't do stuff. But I had them all repaired at one time in two hours. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Got named Chris Waters. He's a great surgeon. If you if you have a hernia or think you have a hernia, I, this is he's not paying me to say this. He's associated with Duke Raleigh Hospital, Doctor Waters, W A T T E R S, and they put mesh. What they do is they went in my belly button. They put a mesh kecheruski um, where the intestine goes out of the inguinal canal. That's what a hernia is. Mm-hmm. The intestine goes through the abdominal wall and into your canal. And they put a mesh to block it. And then they put a mesh where my hernia was about around my belly button. Yeah. And I was sore for maybe a day. And I went back to work. I had it on a Friday and went back to work on a, on a um, Monday. Dr. Chris Waters. Yeah. He's a great guy. Thank, thank you for that. Yep. And I just thought I'd call in with an update. Well, I so really appreciate you. it. That's why you can't diagnose somebody over the telephone or right. over the radio. And you went to the right guy and got the right answer, and I'm really glad. Thank you, Phil. Keith in Raleigh, welcome to the program. You are on Heart Health Radio. Good evening. I have a question for you here. Sure. I went to the uh, uh, hospital with an asthma attack. They inserted a catheter into me, and I was there for several days. They removed the catheter, and all of a sudden, uh, I had restricted urinflow. Yeah. And now I wake up sometimes like two to three times during the night, and I have to urinate, but it's a very small amount. saw so one doctor, and he gave me a, a, a medicine called Tamsolosin. T a m s u l o s i n, and it helps with the helps with the uh, 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 urine flow. But I'm wondering, one day you walk into the hospital before you walk into the hospital, your your, your urine output is outstanding. You can write your name in the snow, kind of a thing. And then uh, and then you come out of the hospital, and uh, you have this problem where you can uh, urination. Yeah. It's not painful or anything of that nature. It's just very limited, and you have to go several yeah. times a day. And I'm saying, gee. Did they do something when they inserted that catheter or what? Well, let me tell you. The, the catheter he's talking about is called a Foley, F-O-L-E-Y. Yes. <clears throat> Dr. Foley was really, really famous because he invented this thing. It's a mm-hmm. rubber catheter. What is a catheter? It's a tube with a, 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 you know, a, a cavity in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And you insert it through the penis, and it goes through the prostate. Yeah. And into your bladder. They inflate a balloon at the end of this catheter. That's what Foley invented. So it can't be pulled out. It just sort of catches then on the hole between the, the bladder and, and the urethra. Yeah. <clears throat> and then when they take it out, you better have that balloon down. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And what it does is it irritates the urethra and yeah. the prostate. Yeah. So what happens in response? It swells. The yeah. prostate and the urethra swell, yeah. which make it difficult to pee. Now, what is tamsulosin? It's an alpha blocker. That means it blocks epinephrine, and it relaxes the urethra and relaxes the prostate. I used to take it. Mm -hmm. I have BPH, benign prosthetic hypertrophy. 
So the question for you is, did it cause permanent in enlargement of the prostate or did it just make like a borderline prostate enlargement a little worse through the swelling from the trauma of the catheter? Now, let me ask you a question. Was it hard for them, difficult for them to get that catheter in you or did it slip in like Flint? Gee, I was, uh, I was out when they inserted it. Oh, okay. Never mind. He was busy. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go get checked by a urologist. And the other thing, the first thing I would do is send your urine out for a culture to find out if you've got an infection. Yeah. People think you always are symptomatic from an infection in terms of pain and burning. You don't have to be. So there's two things that could happen. One, the introduction of the catheter. They usually take betadine, you know what that is, that brown, yeah. and swab it around the end of your penis. And then they insert it with... Sterile gloves on. Now, mm-hmm. I just can tell you right now, you're still introducing bacteria yeah. from the outside in. So, go get your urine tested for a culture. See if you have an asymptomatic infection. And then second, go to urologist, find out maybe your prostate was already going to be big mm-hmm. in like a week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then in the insertion of the catheter, irritated enough that it got large. Did the Tamsulosin work and make it so you could pee? Good. You know, no problem. I have one more statement for you. We're talking about uh, uh, getting vaccines. Yes. And this is kind of humorous. Sure. Uh, on, the, on the television there, they were going wild for a while uh, about uh, getting a uh, a whooping cough vaccine. So I said, oh, that that's great. So I go to see the doctor on my normal visit, and I ask him about the whooping cough. He says, oh, that, that's, that's in the tetanus shot that you received. I said, well, I just got a tetanus shot last week. Can I get a, a whooping cough uh, a vaccine? And, uh, and he says, nope, you have to wait till your tetanus shot comes up. So here I am saying to myself, they got you. You got to get the tetanus shot. And if you got it last week, you can't have a whooping cough shot because the whooping cough is in the tetanus yes. shot. So therefore, you're whacked. <laughs> you don't, you don't, if you got the DPT, which is the diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus that comes together, it's a yeah. three in one, then you got the whooping cough vaccine. Now, why do adults need to get the whooping cough vaccine? I don't know. Because they can have an asymptomatic infection, and if they go visit a newborn, they can give them whooping cough. So okay. before I saw my grandchild, right. I went and got the DPT. Keith, well, thank you. You have to normally ask for that when you go to get your... Rightia. Rightia. Right. Have a great night. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Keith. James in Raleigh joins us right now on the Heart Health Radio Network. Hi, James. Hey there. What's going on? Well, first of all, let me tell you how much I enjoy your show. Uh, I didn't know you came on, uh, what is this, Thursday? It is Thursday, yes. And I thought you only came on Saturday. Well, here's the story on that, James. James, we've we've got a basketball game tomorrow night on WPTF. We've got a football game on Saturday. And if we had one more sport to do, we'd probably end up on Tuesday or something. <laughs> well, is it the North Carolina curling team going to yeah, play the on Yeah, the curling Thursday? team is no. going to be on the Wednesday afternoon. So and what's I, up, James? I used to be the team physician for I, Notre I, Dame football. I, I, just, I, I just appreciate it. I'm glad the uh, – the basketball presidents. Yeah. I've enjoyed listening to you tonight. Thank but you. My question is, I know the doctor's smart because he's come laud. <laughs> uh, come laudy. Yeah. And, and I'm not smart because I'm 
Lordy, Lordy, he did it. Lordy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lordy. From his from his credentials, he he knows what he's talking about. Uh, my question is this: Are you familiar, Doctor, with Brewer's stool chart? Okay, you're. You, I we're think we're you. just having a hard time hearing you. Fluid what? Brewer, B-R-E-W-E-R. Brewer? Stool, uh, B-M, stool chart. Stool chart. Yes. Yeah, he's talked about it on here on the show. I couldn't hear. What is it? He's talking about quality of stool. Oh, yeah. It's called a a Brewer, B-R-E-W-E-R, stool chart. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. It's really interesting. I I first found out about this about two years ago. Yeah. Because of the drug Linzess. All right? So what I do now, and I just started laughing when I saw this. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. There's a certain number. On the one end is liquid, watery, explosive stool. Okay, that's the bad end. Yeah. And on the other bad end... It's, you ever hear that term, drop your uh, uh, babies off at the pool? That's when they're little, hard, brown oh my God. knots, okay? Well, in between is the good stuff, and that's a number four. And it's a little softer, I mean, a little about like a banana and shaped like a banana, and you're supposed to have that. And then the other part of the index is how difficult it was to produce it. So the reason why I am on Miralax every day, yeah, they have two fours a day. Two fours. Yeah, fours. That's the the code. Okay. And so, like a three would be, you know, a medium length that's difficult to get out, or yeah. two, uh-huh. and then a a four is really good, and a five, just in that progression. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, the only reason why I saw it um, is because. Um, they they touted this to, drug yeah. as for giving you a better um, number four, you know. <laughs> better and number I tell four. you, I tell you, it's great. He's competitive, James. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> okay, the chart goes from one to seven. One to seven. One to seven, according one to him. Seven and five, six, and seven is a watery. Number seven is predominantly diarrhea oh my gosh yes yeah you don't want that you don't want that yeah my pro- my problem is uh for the last two years my son was very sick before he passed away yes and uh it started about that long ago and most of my bms are in the five to seven range five five is getting up near four, which yes. the doctor said is perfect. Uh-huh. But mine are predominantly seven, and I'm concerned about it. And uh, sometimes if I don't get to the John, mm-hmm. I might have an accident. Yes. He's having, he, he's, he's having predominantly diarrhea. Okay. Well, that needs to be looked at. Um the reason why it needs to be looked at is that c- consistent diarrhea can be a sign of a chronic infection. 
Uh, if you've had an antibiotic, it could be something called Clostridium difficile. You could have ova and parasites from a parasite infection. Mm-hmm. You could have chronic um, uh, infection yeah. uh, with different types of bad bacteria like Yersinia. You could have a disease where you're not absorbing fat. And so the fat stays in your colon and causes your stools to be very weak. You can have Crohn's disease where you have a problem with inflammation of either the small bowel or the large bowel. So if you have chronic sevens, brother, get you to a GI doctor, they will actually culture your stool. They'll check it for all sorts of things, and they'll come up with an answer. But it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. I've got the chart in front of me, and I'm a type 4. You know how he describes it? Mm. Like a smooth, soft sausage oh or a snake. I love okay. that. Or, I love that. Or a big cigar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I love this because you know what? What's the that? reason why you laugh about this yeah, stuff yeah, is because yeah, yeah. we've been told you're not supposed to talk about it. Right. You know? Talk about it. It's important. James, thank you. Talk, talk yeah, about you this. you got to get this 7 down to a 4, brother. Just one more thing. Yes. My, uh, I told my uh, uh, primary care doctor, and she knows about it. And like I said, this has been going on for two years. Okay. Go and, uh, get ye. She get, doesn't seem yeah. to be alarmed about it. Well, you need to have your stools checked for fat, for white blood cells, for Campylobacter and Yersinia, for ova and parasites, and Clostridium difficile toxin. And then if that doesn't tell you what it is, you need to go to a GI doctor, get yourself a colonoscopy, because there's something wrong, okay? Unless you are drinking uh, magnesium citrate every day or taking Correctol every day. Yeah, you're, no. you're not doing that. He would have You stopped. should not be having diarrhea, okay? Uh, you just shouldn't. James, thank you very much. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. The phone lines are open now, go ahead, call us up. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation and talk about anything you want. 919, well, practically, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number at Heart Health Radio. What are you looking at there, doctor? Well, I, there's a woman who was you know had a really big story about her she lost 35 pounds and she started exercising and she said i lost 35 pounds while maintaining my muscle and never cut out carbs so what i want to tell people is yes she did cut out carbs because there are good carbs and bad carbs yeah and so everybody says that dr weefall doesn't want you to eat carbs that's not true if you use the word carb in a, a sense of simple carb or high glycemic index carbs. Yeah. Now, what's the difference? Fiber, carbohydrates that are good are like, you know, asparagus and yeah. broccoli and whole wheat, things that are crunchy and have the husk of fiber around them. Yeah. Because that actually helps sort of change the gut so it doesn't absorb the simple carbs, which are like white flour and sugar. White flour, if you look at it chemically, it's just strings of sugar molecules mm-hmm. plucked together. And then your gut 
digest them, the bacteria, turn them into simple sugars, which are then absorbed and turn into fat. So this young woman, very healthy, and what did she eat? Well, she did eat carbs, but she didn't eat the simple carbs. And so her waffles, <laughs> I would hate to taste them, were made out of whole grains. Yeah. Her pasta was whole grains. Yeah. And, you know, the whole point I'm trying to make is, yes, her pancakes. Oh, they look delicious on here. Sure. They're not real pancakes. Okay. No, they're made with... Yeah, and so there's a picture of her uh, before and after, and quite frankly, yeah, I like the before. <laughs> so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, yes, you can eat carbs and lose weight. Yeah. But she even says herself, she doesn't eat white bread. She just doesn't. Yeah. She eats brown rice, whole grain, oats, and she makes all of her, she eats a pizza. Cauliflower crust. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've had this. Is that any good? No. Okay. No, not at all. It's, <laughs> it's like eating a eating a brick. Absolutely. So no, I, I I wouldn't do that. Okay. All right. Got about a minute before our news people take over. And, uh, I, and I got. Yeah, I, I want to do a, a sort of a shout out. This is in Puerto Rico, and is a guy who loved his motorcycle. David Morales Colon. Yeah. Was shot to death last Thursday. Oh, that's terrible, being shot and to death. His family had him embalmed in a sort of a squatting position on his motorcycle. Yeah. Like he's racing. Where did they put him? Did they put him in the ground this, or leave him on? No, up? no, no. They just put him like that in in the wake. Yeah. And then oh, they so put he, him in a regular. People, people walked around. Oh, while yes, he was they like did. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, my I had an open casket for my dad's funeral. He looked yeah. really good. Well, he was not on a motorcycle. So this would be an uh, a open motorcycle. Yeah. Funeral. Very yep. strange. Wow. You want to call us up and get the doctor's opinion about something going on? Call us up. 919-860-9783. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Telephone number 919-860-9783. So this is the weekend. Yeah. Coming up where we turn the clocks. Yeah. Well, remember, spring forward. Yeah. Fall back. Fall back. We so turn the clocks. We're going to turn our back. clocks. So at one, 2 a.m., it becomes 1 a.m. Sure. And I like that. Okay. I like this turnover because you get an extra hour of sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, when, we were, when I was a resident, oh, we were so mad. Sure. Because we'd have to be on call for an extra hour. Yeah, you got to do an and extra two hour. two more admissions work. and sure. two, one hour of less sleep. But let me tell you, it, it's important that you realize that our circadian rhythms are really kicked in. Our bodies know the difference between 5 a.m. and 4 a.m. Right. So what's going to happen? Our bodies are going to think it's 5 a.m. and it's 4 a.m. Now what happens? The stress hormones kick in. The cortisol comes in at a different time. So our brains are plugged into this clock, and that's why chronic sleep deprivation or switching from shift to shift, from yeah. morning to evening, is yep. really bad for your health. So believe it or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. The number of heart attacks on the Sunday, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, after the fall back and fall, go up yeah. because the stress of our of disturbing our circadian rhythms. 
people fall asleep. They don't, you know, at the wrong hour. They get sleepy driving in their car. So what I'm going to tell you is they should have it on a Friday night, not a Sunday night. Because it would give you two days to try to recover. I don't know what this business is doing on a Sunday. But be very careful. Because it's extremely important that you realize your body clock is going to be thrown off. Take Sunday and relax. Take Sunday and just don't do much strenuous and stressful. Right. And try to get ready for bed and try to adjust your body. It's only an hour, they say, but it's not true. So, for example... More heart attacks occur in the morning hours than occur later in the afternoon. Why is that? Our bodies in a circadian rhythm start to produce cortisol and adrenaline, the two stress hormones, to yeah. wake us up and get us going yeah. right around 4 o'clock. Well, if, if you have the risks for heart disease and you have those cholesterol plaques in your arteries, cortisol and adrenaline will con- constrict your arteries, cause you to clot more, and you'll have your heart attack about 10 a.m. And that's really what happens. 10, 11, 12 in the morning is when really? you have your heart attack. In the winter, we have more heart attacks. Why is that? You go out in the cold. Yep. Your arteries constrict. Your adrenaline goes up to try to keep you going. So the bottom line is this weekend, on, and when you hit that um, uh, daylight savings time switch, be right. aware it's a stress on your body. Take care of your body. Rest. Try to get your sleep pattern back into the swing of things i don't think i remember ever being in a situation where you know i either i lost the hour of sleep or i gained the hour of sleep i love it i felt it the next well i i feel it all the time yeah okay so for example tuesday night i got good eight hours of sleep yeah had a great wednesday uh wednesday night i got interrupted i got called at two in the morning and i got called at four in the morning i just had a bad day yeah, I just had a bad day after that because I couldn't think straight and I, I was irritable um, and it just wasn't a good day. I really need sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. And I think this is the major problem I had in residency and in the first parts of fellowship and and the first initiation in private practice where I was on call all the time. Right. It drove me nuts. And mm. I wasn't the best dad. I wasn't the best husband. And I don't think I was the best partner. And I think that this whole concept now of realizing how important sleep is right. for everything we do. And, you know, doctors, were, I can remember at Duke, they gave us T-shirts that said sleep is for wimps. Really? I'm serious. Oh, yeah, that's a great thing. I mean, and when I was a resident, it was every other night on call in the intensive care unit. Yeah. It's just not so. I go for 36 hours. I remember driving home once, and I was in La La Land, and I'm dreaming that I'm hearing a horn. Beep. Oh, my gosh. And I wake up going through a red light, and the car is swerving around me, honking his horn. No kidding. Residents every year get killed driving home. And so they don't do it anymore. Right. Okay? Now they have night shift. Trade, you know, you either work all night for a week, and then then you have to switch over yeah. to working either the morning shift or the afternoon shift. It's a great idea, but I can tell you something. It's true. I learned so much in the middle of the night on my own with a sick patient having to make a decision. So I did learn a lot, but it came at a price. Wow! And now I tell you, I just got to have my sleep. Okay. Do you like to sleep? 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The worst sound in the world is my alarm clock going off. Mm. And it's, you know, we, all, we always say, well, you know, you got to turn your clocks back. Well, nobody's turning clocks back other than the two or three battery-operated clocks you've got in your house. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going by their phone. When my phone goes off in the morning, I pray that it was somehow goofed up and that it went off early. Which it never does. Well, remember in the beginning of this uh, this duo that we developed, I get up at 5. Yeah. I go to bed at 9, sometimes 8.30, get up at 5. Yeah. And so I'm looking at my, my phone and getting articles and stuff, and I used to text him to him at 5 a.m. Yeah. until I realized he's a normal human being. He's, he's asleep. He's asleep. All right. Paige in Raleigh, welcome to the program. How you doing today? Hi, I'm doing fine. I just have a quick question. Yeah. About a year ago, I had a terrible bout with GERD and was put on omeprazole. I think it was a higher dose, a 40 of some sort. Now I'm on 20. How long should I be on something like that? Or is there a problem with being on something like omeprazole too long? Um, okay, so Prilosec, omeprazole. Yeah. Great drug. Mm-hmm. Great drug. How do they work? Um, there's a proton pump, and protons make acid. So omeprazole was a revolutionary medication because there was something called um, refractory acid reflux, and it would burn your esophagus, which is not supposed to see acid, and it would call Barrett's esophagus. And all of a sudden, omeprazole came on. It was the hero medication. And so, you know, people took it forever because their acid reflux would last forever. Yeah. Well, now we know. You shouldn't take it for a long period of time. It can cause osteoporosis, which is uh, weakening of the bone. There is a two-edged sword, though, okay, that for some people, it's the only thing that prevents acid reflux. And so you may just say, hey, don't eat. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. You know, it's sort of making a joke about heartburn. It can kill you. Um, The Barrett's esophagus is a transformation of your esophageal tissue. It tries to become stomach because stomach is resistant to acid. That can turn into cancer. So um, how long have you been taking it again? I can't remember what you said. A year this past okay. October. So have they tried to transition you to something else? No, no. I've tried to try to do it myself, and I just can't make myself do it. The GERD was so bad, yeah. I just can't make myself okay. do it. Did Pepsid or Zantac ever help? Yes. Okay. I have uh, I have had uh, Pepsid that I have used. Okay, so they don't that the way that Pepsid works, it's called a histamine blocker. So it's not an antihistamine in the sense that it helps your schnoz when you have a runny nose, but right. there are histamines in your stomach, and so it reduces acid that way. So what what you might want to run by your doctor is if you could start using a histamine blocker like Pepsid or Zantac. Famotidine is Pepsid. The other thing is, believe it or not, there is a perfectly safe medicine called caraphate or sucralfate, and we don't use it anymore. I don't know why. It's great. Hmm. And the way it works is it coats the esophagus and the stomach and absorbs the acid that is produced, and I've had great success with it. Um, I have people who, for example, take a proton pump inhibitor like omeprazole, and they still have acid reflux. So what I'll do is I'll try, say, you know, a combination of Pepsid and sucralfate, and that seems to work well. But guess who has bad acid reflux? Hmm. Dr. Weefald, the Weefy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I take 
something every day, and again, I'm not recommending this for you, but I go ahead and I take a Meprazole every day because for me, I've tried everything else, mm-hmm. and it, that's the only thing that works. So I take something called Zagarid. Have you ever heard of that? It's an over-the-counter yeah. preparation of a Meprazole that also has um, sodium bicarbonate. And the thing with a Meprazole, <clears throat> you have to take it with food, uh, to activate it. It's not activated until you have food. Now, not every proton pump inhibitor is like that. But the Zagarid with the bicarbonate, it's activated right away. So it immediately starts to reduce stomach acid. If you take a Meprazole, it sometimes takes 24 hours to work, which is why a Meprazole is not a good thing to take for acute heartburn. Suppose you're not taking a Meprazole. Suppose you're not having heartburn. If you take a Meprazole, it generally won't work for 24 hours. So uh, the Zagarid works because it has sodium bicarbonate, and that is actually an acid reducer. And then the uh, omeprazole kicks in and prevents the proton pumps from pumping in that acid. Talk to your doctor. Have you had your bones looked at through a bone density scan? I have, and I do um, have some osteoporosis, and I do have prolia injections every six months. Yeah. Okay. So So you're counteracting. Um, talk to your doctor because there is a two-edged sword. If omeprazole is the only thing that works, then you're going to have to make the decision. Do I risk a little bit more osteoporosis? Um, I'm on the prolia, which builds up your bones. I don't want to get um, Barrett's esophagus and esophageal cancer. So there's no simple answer. Everybody's individually different. And so there's a lot of patients that I say yes. They don't recommend that you take and meprazole long-term, but it's the only thing that works for you. So mm-hmm. we're going to watch your bones, and we're going to keep you from getting esophageal cancer at the same time. Okay, so... Did that help? Yes. Good. Do, uh, need to see uh, more of a specialist. I had been to the specialist when I got the GERD. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh, I, I just don't know. I, I have a well, should I Should I take maybe one... Every other day for a while, and just wait. Well, yeah, I can't. <clears throat> I can't tell you that's going to work because it's been not been studied. Uh-huh. But some doctors recommend you transition. So what you do is you take your omeprazole, and then you start taking pepsin, and then you sort of go every other day on the omeprazole, and then eventually stop the omeprazole while you're on the pepsin, and see if that sort of weans you off of one, got you on the other, and controls it. And you can do uh-huh. that and alternate. But again. Run that by your doctor. Right. Yeah, run that by your doctor. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank you so very much. I appreciate this. Let me ask you a question. Oh, yeah. Have you heard, were you just happened to be listening on a Thursday night and heard our show, or did you know we were going to be on? <laughs> well, I have listened to your program quite a bit. Oh, great. I usually listen to WPTF in the evenings, and so when you were on, I thought I'd give you a call because oh, great. it's for a while. <laughs> Do you like it better in the evening or in the, on the Saturday? <laughs> Saturday is better for me. <laughs> Good. We love Saturdays. We're yeah. used to Saturday. Whatever works. I have yeah. a bunch of pancakes and then come in. All right. Thank you, Paige. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, I like the fact that I'm able to have like three gallons of coffee oh, before you, the show. Okay. And... Can I tell you, do I have time to tell you a story? Sure. I got a patient who has heart failure. Oh, my. And I'm telling you, he would come in 20 pounds up, and they, you know, and then I would find out he was in the hospital and got 30 pounds off. And so I keep asking him, you eating salt? No. You're drinking too much fluid? No. Yeah. And finally, his wife sends me a text message. 
Is it okay for him to have four quarts of uh, grapefruit juice a day <laughs> with vodka? <laughs> I mean, and you know, no. and the reason why they even asked me, even told me, yeah, because they were hiding it, was because I started a medication for his heart called Renolazine. And of course, they look it up on the internet. It says don't take with grapefruit juice, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, grapefruit juice. Well, I better tell Doctor Weefall you drink four quarts of grapefruit juice. So that he can have something with his vodka. Four quarts. Can you believe that? That's a day? A day. No, that's nuts. Not good. And now I now I understand, now you understand. why he keeps getting fluid overloaded. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that. My coffee going to be all right for me? Your coffee? Coffee? I mean, you know. How many? Four I quarts of I drink the whole pot. Really? I drink the whole pot. Yeah, eight cups. A day? No, not every day. Just Saturdays before I see you. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe it's not a great thing. Maybe not a great I'm thing. I'm not going to tell that, you about that. That would be eight. That would be equivalent to at least six five-hour energies. Yeah. And I have one in the morning and one at 2 p.m. Huh? And people look at me like, you're a heart doctor and drink the poison? There is yeah. no more caffeine in a five-hour energy than there is in a large cup of coffee. Period. Okay. Right. Period. Coming up on the show, guess what? Studies find that in much of the U.S., virtual school was not helpful. It was terrible. It was not. Now, I'm not talking about the educational part. I'm a teacher. I can tell you right now that every teacher knows this is, was a terrible year for education. Okay? that That's, that's a given. We'll talk about the COVID um, implications of not going to school in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down, throw my hands up and This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Who are we shouting out? Well, I tell you, uh, we never shout out newborns. We're shouting out a newborn, Juliet Cedillo. Yeah. And uh, she was born uh, recently at a hospital, Riverside Community Hospital in California. And her dad only came to the hospital because of her. Sure. And he had been having shoulder discomfort, some sweats, a uh, little shortness of breath for about two weeks. Oh, no. And he just said, oh, I must have hurt my shoulder, you know, whatever. And while he was in there holding his baby, he said to the baby nurse, yeah, my shoulder kind of aches now. And he started broken in a sweat. Boy, they rushed him down to the emergency room where yeah. he was having a heart attack. Wow. He got a stent. And a day later, he got discharged, went back up, picked up his daughter, and went home. <laughs> now, what's the moral of the story? Did, did Juliet really save his life? Yes, no. she did. Yes. But what happened was somebody ignoring their symptoms just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Heart attack symptoms aren't necessarily crushing, substernal chest discomfort, radiating to the left arm, associated with shortness of breath and diaphoresis. That's what you read in the textbook of medicine. It can be jaw discomfort. It can be anxiety. It can be difficulty breathing. It can be shoulder discomfort. It can be between your shoulder blades. Yeah. But the key thing is, if it's persistent, even, I mean, just think about that is different, don't try to diagnose yourself. I mean, you know, Jonathan, uh, Juliet's dad, was saying he must have strained his shoulder. Right. I can't tell you there are people who come in having persistent atypical symptoms 
check it out. Yeah. Get it checked out with your 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 not with your newborn, <laughs> but get it checked out. Don't with your do, don't bother to, bothering yeah. the newborn. And don't she's not going to help you. What? And this is something else that happens yeah. when a person comes into the doctor's office and says to him or her, "I think I strained my shoulder." Yeah. The yeah. problem with that is, and it's human nature, the doctor latches on to that and says, "Okay, strained shoulder. What I got to do? Boom." Ah, and then they wind up hearing that you went to the emergency room by ambulance with a massive heart attack. And then they go, they smack their head. You can't hear the sound, can you? I'm smacking myself in the head. I should have thought about that. So when you go to the doctor with symptoms that you think are cardiac, don't diagnose yourself. Don't say, I think I strained my neck. Right. Or I think maybe when um, I twisted wrong, my chest started hurting. Just say, look, I've got some chest discomfort. I'm short of breath a little bit. Uh, my dad had a heart attack when he was 50. I right. smoke, right. cholesterol. And then that'll steer the doctor on the right way. Uh, and don't wait till your baby's born to get these symptoms checked out. You don't want Juliet, you know, to be the one to save your life. Very Romeo, quick. Romeo, <laughs> what's my chest pain from? <laughs> the, the headline of People Magazine says he was saved by his newborn daughter. It's true. Yes, I like it is. that. You like that story? I like that idea. All right. There is a story about me. I don't think I've told this. Uh-oh. Um, no, it goes along the lines with your story there and your admonition, admonition, don't ignore symptoms. You know, sometimes you just don't feel good. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to work through it and you and feel better later. everybody's afraid of being called a hypochondriac. Exactly. Okay? And, and guys are uh, no, notorious for you know, nothing. It's nothing. I'm a lot of people worse off. So a couple of years back, I'm just not feeling good. A little, you know, punky. That's the word I was using. Yeah, punky brochure. I, I know, feel huh? punky. I feel not sharp. Yeah. Not with it. Okay. Eventually, my daughter sees me. She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. She sees me, doesn't examine me, but says, Dad, you got to go to the doctor. Yeah. You got to go see somebody. What I had done three days earlier was step on the tiniest sliver of glass. Oh no! On my right foot. Oh no! Now, the truth is, I can step on a sliver of glass or even a big piece of glass uh-huh. with my right foot, and I won't feel it. But I did cut myself, and I knew I cut myself. I got a staph infection from that. And I was hospitalized that night because, you know, and the only symptom I had was just I wasn't with it. Yeah. I Very wasn't vague, with it. Right. But still not right. Could have been the flu, could have been a staph infection, could have been whatever. And it was a, it was it was an operation and everything. And I will tell you from that visit, the, the, the you know, they got these characters in the hospital, they call them um well, it's a doctor, but it's your hospitalist. Hospitalist. Yeah. So they are Ho- professional right. residents. They're they're just professional doctors who have been certified and they take care of you in the hospital. Now, I would never abuse any sort of drug or abuse any it's just not my character. But if you're in the hospital and they offer you Valium and morphine, go for it. Really? Just just go for it. Just, I mean, just that one time. Don't ask for it every day. 
just that one time because I was in that kind of pain. Right. And, and you know, the thing about pain is that it's so subjective that yeah. people can't understand it yeah. unless you've been in pain before. Right. I broke my hip. Oh, my. And it was painful. Oh, my gosh. But there's ways to manage pain. But there's always a situation where, you know, if you're in pain, if you're in agony, you can't sleep. Yep. Your blood pressure goes up. I mean, the adrenaline's flowing. This simple act of pain relief in yep. that situation can prevent a heart attack. Believe me, chronic pain in somebody who's at risk for a heart attack is a huge risk factor. And we need to control pain. Now, we've got to do it in a two-edged sword way. Right. Is that do it correctly. Um, try not to use, in all circumstances, chronic narcotics. Right. But relieve that pain. Right. And it's important. Okay. Studies have found that in much of the United States, virtual school did not lower COVID-19 cases. Right. In the surrounding communities. Forget about the kids. Yeah. Because mostly the kids didn't get right this at all but we can measure from the outside communities that in the communities where they went to school versus the ones where they didn't go to school it was the same and and the thing about it is the teachers unions in this country were clearly behind this craziness of shutting down schools and you'd hear uh teacher died okay all right did the teacher die because they were in school no no and other countries who did not shut down their schools uh, did not see an increase in COVID uh, transmission. Now, my kids went to school. Um, mm-hmm. My kid, uh, Emily, bless her heart, she goes to Cardinal Gibbons, and she went to school on a staggered basis, three days in, three days out, two yeah. days out. Uh, it was okay. Um, i tell you something. That was strict. Oh, my gosh. If you weren't at your computer... The teacher would be, teacher would oh, be, sure. oh yeah, that they were there and they had lectures and lessons and it was really good. That's not the way it was in most school. That's right. But anyway, they would send me an email. A uh, certain someone tested positive for COVID. He was in the school on this day. It was two or three a month. There wasn't a, right. a explosion. No teacher got COVID from a kid. Right. And, I, you know, there are so many kids who have lost, you know, a year. Mm-hmm. Of school, and it's just been terrible. Go back to school. We never should have closed. Never should have. All right, folks, everybody stay safe for this week. We're going to be back, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday on Heart Health Radio. You tune tune in 2 o'clock on, not this Saturday, a week from then. You tune into this station, and there's football on a Saturday afternoon. It's not us. We're just not there. I'll be watching. We'll then. be there later. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network.